0: tuned in to frivolous gravitas please stand by just kidding hello and welcome tuner inners around the world on itunes and youtube i'm your peasant co-host christopher driver and with me as always is my lion-hearted co-host mr jordan roy today we're crossing the rubicon and dancing the rain to talk about our cultural and personal emblems of virtue that is to say we're here to speak on ideas of heroes their social functions as concepts, and our use as interpretations of such ideas as a people. To start us off on today's quest for understanding, Jordan, how about you tell us a bit about the ideological constitution of people who embody the ideals that beset them?
1: What? Oh. Uh, <laughs> tell us a bit about what we're talking about. Okay. so. Um... I want to talk about heroes today, and that's uh, mostly because I don't. I kind of have a middle-of-the-road opinion of them. Uh, Half of it is, um, half of it is based on the fact that like heroes are necessary in some respects, but at the same time, we need to temper that with the fact that heroes are very dangerous, Um, and they also are different. In fact and fiction. And a lot of times it depends on how we construct them and how we view them and what they actually are. So, for the sake of conversation, a hero or someone that we would look up to isn't just someone that we would look up to. Um, The way I kind of put it up is someone who Has a display or performs, uh, qualities worthy of admiration. Um, this could be anything like actions, as in something like a war hero, where they doesn't really matter who they are. That gets shuffed off and they perform something where they go above and beyond some sort of duty, uh, without regard to, um, their own well-being. Um, this also could be like a great deed, uh, specifically, you know, you, a good example of this would be the, the 9-11, uh, first responders who, you know, uh, the buildings fall and they just, they just go in and show up and, um, help without, uh, uh, you know, whether they were on or off duty, it didn't matter. Things need to get done. So is it
0: always in the interest of other people that they have to self-sacrifice? Does, that makes them heroes?
1: No, not at all. Um, because sometimes the deed is like a self, a selfish deed also can be considered heroic. Um, a lot of people consider people who, uh, you know, a rags to riches story kind of thing. Like you get someone who works their butt off and, you know, overcomes adversity and makes it to become a, uh, you know, mover and shaker in the world. And it's like, that's someone I look up to. That's someone out of, you know, who made themselves, you know, the self made man is a sort of a hero in democratic societies because it's a symbol of um uh of social mobility. This this person who doesn't matter as long if you have the character to make it, you can make it as long as you put the work in. This is selfish. But it's also um it's also you know, a display of a, a certain type of heroism. And also, there also is, you can also see heroism in character. So, um, people have uh character that we can look up to. You have someone like Martin Luther King, who would just kind of shuff off um, any I guess racial uh, tensions that he was being bombarded with because he's like no no what I'm doing is more important. He would shuff off you know people of his own side wanting to be militant. He's like that's not what I'm about. And he would you know he went up there in front of the entire nation and said spoke his mind. Now to me this is message or not that's heroic in itself. And then he puts forth a message of peace during a time of war. And that's pretty heroic. Selfless and selfless, selfish and selfishness doesn't really go into that. His character and his message are what's important. And so, the man is an exemplar of a uh, character. Now, there would be someone like St. Francis of Assisi. Okay, we're going a bit old school here, but people look up to him because he wasn't this like, you know, look how fancy my robes are. He's literally... Um, uh saying like no 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 this isn't about um sorry I gotta catch my breath there a bit this isn't about um uh you know wealth this 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 religion is about um, uh you know living as Jesus would and so he tried to do that as much as possible and whether or not you agree with him uh his actions and the character of that were uh heroic to some extent um although Whether or not those stories are real, doesn't really matter at this point. So, you have people whose who displays these qualities worthy of admiration and um, And there's always that
0: element of like subjecting oneself to self-harm for the greater good, for a greater purpose or
1: cause, Right. Yeah, a greater purpose. I don't know about the greater good because uh, sometimes the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah, but um, a
0: message of peace doesn't really benefit him personally in the moment. It's sort of a greater good of social, injust- like, because the problem is with people trying to retaliate for transgressions, it just mm-hmm. war begets more war, right? And that's the, yeah. the violent cycle of aggression. But um, he would have to tame that within himself first. And then to advocate and speak out outwardly about it, it would sort of be for the greater good, not to disregard the people that have been harmed or, or killed, but just to say, to stop harm or killing from moving forward.
1: Yeah. And I think that the it can be summed up as in like someone to look up to. Uh, this is, These are just some, I know this is like, I call this fancy wordage, but it's just someone we look up to and why would they look up to them? Or because they did something, Brave in spite of their cowardice or, um, well, we're all, you know, uh, no one's really brave in front of a uh, artillery garage, but, you know, I I can say a lot of us are cowards in front of that. Um, They did something uh, outside of the box, innovative. A lot of people look up to people like um, Edison or Tesla or something like that because they were sitting there being creative um in, inventors are very uh favorably looked upon in our society um and they did it so there's also that element of action you know they're not just talk they're not just sitting there being like well here's what i believe well, okay that's martin luther king was working towards that but uh, and he wasn't mm-hmm. just all talk but you get a lot of people who are just uh all, you know, they think that all they have to do is say something and therefore they're worthy of admiration, but that's not really how it works. Someone who goes all the way with what they are, uh, someone to look up to. And so, this ends up being um, very beneficial to our society. And I'm going to gloss over this quickly and we'll get to this a little more later because What we do and we have these people to look up to, whether or not they're real, um, we have these people that set an example for our own actions. So, um, we have, um, oh, let's name a couple, Uh, you know, people who go off into no man's land to save their buddy. Well, that's... That's an admirable trait. Oh, I want if I was there, I'd want to be that guy who would do that thing because that that seems like the right thing to do in that situation. Or I want to be the guy who doesn't uh, uh you know who stands up to Hitler's BS uh during the 1930s, uh damn the consequences or like leaves and then comes back and fights or stand, talk, speaks up against uh, you know communist propaganda. This is the type of person you'd want to be. And so we see these people uh, doing that. Um, a lot of people saw the tyranny of the Romans and then they looked to Jesus as a symbol of, um, of uh, deliverance from that tyranny or that sort of tyranny. So these, Examples of right action uh, enhance our qualities of our own right action, and this is this is a very healthy use of it. This is a very um, it's an extremely healthy use of it. It's, okay, what would be the right thing to do? And when we use them heroes properly, they are uh, great sources of inspiration, and they don't even have to be real. I'm keep using real ish um, examples, but you know, they're you more have relatable. Some, uh, they're more relatable. Kind of, but then you get someone like Luke Skywalker. Well, he's relatable because he's simple, and he he's kind of a doofus. And then you know he kind of grows up and uh, goes through the hero's journey, and then ends up being this better person and what well, more well rounded It's like, oh, I want to, I I need to go through my own path like that. So you you get this example of not just action but example of a, of a good life and a right attitude um
0: but it's also no. a funny example because some could consider his actions like terrorism <laughs> yeah. yeah it's I really know. apropos because that's what all heroes are like like a lot of what they're fighting for isn't necessarily black and white good or bad
1: yeah well i think in our current state of cultural relativism um we can define anything as terrorism if we want. But uh, that doesn't take away from the fact that Luke Skywalker was the good guy. I, I'm sorry, there's any other interpretation is just wrong. That's not how the movie was made. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't care what revisionist interpretation you have, uh, he was the bad guy. But, and here's the big but, l- heroes do come with a bit of of an aftertaste. And uh, it can be summed up. Now, they are a bit dangerous. Uh, It can be summed up in a quote from Frank Herbert, who said, I wrote the Dune series because I had this idea that charismatic leaders ought to come with a warning label on their forehead. Maybe dangerous to your health. One of the most dangerous presidents we had in this century was John Kennedy, because people said, yes, Sir, Mr. Charismatic Leader, what do we do next? And we wound up in Vietnam. And I think probably the most valuable president of the century was Richard Nixon because he taught us to distrust government and he did it by example. <laughs> so, he wrote... That's so deliciously Frank, cynical. <laughs> oh, it is. But he wrote uh, one of the better science fiction books of the 20th century. Don't take my word for it. Uh, go read it. They're coming out with a movie soon. and uh, Another movie. Another movie. Well, probably a good movie. The one in the 80s was... It was so good. It (laughs) was not. That should be another episode on its own.
0: Oh, I... I had Norman to debate you with that.
1: (laughs) Really? Okay. I'll have to actually watch the 80s movie because I know it's bad. I intentionally haven't watched it because I want to enjoy my life. And um, (laughs) uh, so, essentially in Dune, if you haven't read it or watched it, go read it. Um, There's... Noble houses vying for power. There's um, a great source of wealth on this one planet, and it gets given to these one people, and they're attacked and thrown out into the desert and sent into exile. Uh, And a kid, Paul, takes the reins of this um, nomadic group of uh, freedom fighters called the Fremen. I don't know if they're freedom fighters, but. They, see, they end up seeing Paul as the hero, the one that will save them and one that will bring them out. And they start seeing him as a god, no more than a hero. And then this beyond the will of the tyrant moves them to um, cause unimaginable horrors in the universe. And so, what Herbert's warning against is that dark side of uh, the hero that we have. And a lot of it gets taken too far in our society, but it's still not a bad warning because in reality, your hero is someone, like I said, to look up to. He's an example. But what the danger is, is that if you start treating him as a leader, then you end up being very much in trouble. This, we've seen this so much uh, throughout even the 20th century history, but uh, the feudal and pre-feudal societies were ba- based on this too. Uh, What's that, start-
0: making leaders out of heroes, you mean?
1: Yeah. So, w- instead of saying, okay, you're an example for me to emulate, you're saying, I'm going to give all my agency up to you, but then not you because you can't control the agency of hundreds of thousands of people, uh, They, you end up just becoming... A name, uh, and you lose the, the the the. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Essentially, what happens is the cult of personality comes in. Uh, Leader, just make a note. So the cult of personality becomes born around a person once everyone starts treating the hero. Or the leader, well, the, the heroic leader, as you know, father or mother, um, something to guide them because they don't feel the need to guide themselves. Oh, I can't be a hero. Well, maybe not, but you can aspire, and that's enough. And I think we've said that on multiple occasions. It's like you don't have to achieve greatness, but the act of pushing yourself towards greatness will enrich your life and make it... And it it... is itself greatness.
0: That push towards greatness, I think, is what makes great people great.
1: Yeah. And we all need to strive for it to some extent. And that means, like, stupid stuff, like, uh, don't eat so much sugar, (laughs) exercise as much as possible. Say hi Uh, to your neighbors. Yeah. You know, don't put up with crap, (laughs) that kind of stuff. Uh, If someone's attacking you. You know, don't start a fight, but always finish it. These kinds of things. Um, uh, Don't put off today. Don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today. These kinds of things. And they all sound like cliche, but when you put this discipline into your life towards some end of personal greatness in recognition of those who have already done so or an example. Of them in uh, fiction, then what we have is a whole bunch of people doing great in their own lives, and then society is better for it. But if you say no, 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 the leader will make me great, and this is this is the trap. This is the it's an easy trap, and it seems stupid when I'm saying it because I'm saying it with this cynical uh, knowing air of like guy sitting in a democratic (laughs) country who's used to his own freedom. If you're in China right now, it's kind of second hat though, because you're saying, oh, great leader Mao Zedong, oh, great leader Zhou Enlai, oh, great leader uh, uh, Xi Jinping. And you push all your agency on to them because they're the leader. They have displayed these heroic qualities that you know, you couldn't match because, you know, you've been convinced that you can't. You can't you haven't you've been convinced that no matter how hard you try, you know, the the the, the cult of personality says that this is the entity that needs to control your life. And to and you don't think that because you know one person can control 1.2 billion people or something. That, that's actually that's ludicrous and that all the examples of that that have tried, and tried in the past have failed to some extent. And this ends up being in, you know if I put my historian hat on, we can see that a lot of, this is a very natural human tendency. This isn't just something that people are tricked into doing. This isn't a conspiracy. Uh, well, sometimes it is a conspiracy. But you look at some of the first, a lot of the first forms of human society, where a lot of it was, um, what we'd call big man politics, uh, the biggest, most heroic man in the field of usually violence, um, or hunting would be made, would be given more responsibility within the tribe. And this made sense for a tribe of hundred, maybe a couple hundred people at most. Then this carried forward into when we started having cities and they start propping people up as gods and because simply for the fact that they're there, they become heroes because they are there at the top of the ziggurat. And the first societies to reject this, you see people like the Greeks and the Romans, uh, the Romans especially where a hero is someone who steps down from that. You get the story of Cincinnatus, um, where he, Cincinnatus, we need you. All right. I take my dictatorial powers and I vanquish the enemy and then I go back to farming. <laughs> and this is, is the uh, uh, Cincinnatus, the Roman hero. Oh, I never heard of him. <laughs> okay. They did this. He is semi-mythical, I believe, but I think the fact, yeah. Lucius Quintus Cincinnatus. Um, So, he's, uh, I just brought him up, uh, legendary figure of Roman virtue, civic virtue, uh, and because he was the one who had dictatorial powers over the entire uh, Roman Republic. Roman Republic was led by two consuls, pretty much two presidents at the same time, Mm -hmm. which were chosen yearly. And then they presided over a senate, um, and each consul had veto. No, yeah, uh, but those that senate was um, could be vetoed by the tribunate, which was you know the representation of the, uh, the the masses, the plebs. So this man was given complete and utter control over the entire Roman system for, in an emergency, and everyone said, "Oh, is he going to give it up? Is he going to give it up?" And he gives it up. To go farming. This is the Roman idea of virtue, which is a vastly different idea of any form of virtue that had come before. And so, who did the he Romans give it to? Just out of uh, curiosity, who who did he give it to? Do you know? Oh, he just gave it up and said, "Okay, whoever's whoever's next in line to be consul." So he was dictator, uh, and so he said, "All right, I'm stepping down as dictator. Uh, my six months as dictator are over." You know. He's he's ruler of the entire thing, and he just stepped down, and the next consuls took charge. That for would blow term. my
0: mind if I ever saw that. <laughs> and if Putin just stepped down one day and said, "Like, hey, let's be a democracy," <laughs>
1: everyone would be. Well, everyone would be like. Putin's awesome. Yeah. We, they, then they'd want him back. <laughs> yeah. They'd put a statue up to him and be like, no, I'm, I'm farming. Well, he'd probably farm bears or something. Yeah. But. <laughs> throw them just to slay them with his hands. <laughs> yeah. He'd, bear he'd, hands. And but. then he'd be like, I eat them. You use all the bear. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'd, well, yeah. Anyway.
0: Yeah. There's Sorry for that. the sidetrack. I just, uh, I'd never heard of the cincius there. and. Um, I've never also heard of a dictator stepping down before. So, it felt...
1: Yeah. It, uh, it actually happened quite a bit in, uh, in Roman history because it was the idea of the hero. So, you step up and then you, you do your dictatorial thing mm-hmm. and then you step down. Like you complete um, your duty and your yeah, service so to the public and then you step down. Because they were saying, okay, every once in a while we're going to need one guy to take charge so we can vote to have a dictator and then he gives it up after six months and we can actually vote to keep him on again if the war just takes forever. Uh, (laughs) And so, what happened was this happened and it happened a couple more times over the course of the Roman Republic until... Um, Sulla took dictator for life and then stepped down like an absolute Chad <laughs> because I'm retiring. It's like, geez. And then, uh, a couple, a couple of years. you saying le- that
0: would be less virtuous than stepping down for good measure?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sulla was not a good person. And then Caesar did the opposite where he said, made himself dictator for life, um, which lasted two more years, uh, at which point he was stabbed to death. Um, mm-hmm. So, this became a trend. So, it, it was bastardized, but this is this idea of this hero who is not just a tyrant because Caesar and Sulla and later Augustus all wanted to become that they set up that hero Worship, that, 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 that cult of personality that promised so much for the plebs and, you know, the, the glory of Rome, but in the end only brought them prescriptions, which were just literally lists of like literally kill lists that Sulla would produce every day and say, here's the people I want killed today, you know, prescription. Here's prescribing the deaths of citizens. That's a tyrant. That's not someone who, should be looked up to as a hero, but because of the cult of personality, they put all their love behind it, and uh, it became the norm around uh, you know thirty three, um, you know forty four BC, uh, and it stayed that way with through kings and popes and all this thing up until um, uh, up until seventeen seventy six when a bunch of guys got together and be like. Okay, yeah, but what if no kings? And so then we start reinventing that uh you know, non-martial heroic spirit where we don't you know, require our, you know, we don't start putting our heroes up on pedestals. We start looking for heroes in other places. And you stop seeing heroes in story bees just martial and you start seeing heroes in story that are um You start seeing scientists, you start seeing women uh, acting heroically. I'm looking at any of the Bronte novels or um, just keep thinking of uh, Jane Austen or something. Or Emmy Noether for a little bit more modern time. Yeah. And well, even in the modern time, it becomes, you start getting heroism in other fields like art uh, and invention becomes big because invention, you know, and then he invented penicillin and saved millions of lives or someone like John Snow who figured out uh, germ theory of disease. That's because he went out, did a bunch of science and found out that, you know, a baby pooped in the water uh, table and it caused a cholera outbreak in London and he just took the tap away all heroically. like. And so, you can't drink from this water fountain was an act of heroism because he sat there and did the science and came back and said, this water supply is making you sick because uh, someone's throwing diapers into the water table. And we get this idea, but we didn't put Jon Snow up on a pedestal and be like, you know, run the run this, we need you to lead us into no, no, that wasn't that's not assumed anymore. The hero isn't someone who's being heroics so that they can become the big man in the tribe. The tribe's too big now for that, it doesn't matter anymore, plus in a democratic society, we know that's that's dumb someone who can you know bash in a A tiger's skull with a stick, though impressive, is not worthy really to be prime minister, because that's not really what the job entails. Now, I might put him on my wrestling team. So (laughs) and because it's like, okay, your heroism tells me this. And you know, but the heroism doesn't lie just in the action, is it lies in what allows that action to happen. And this is why you can't follow them, because you have to use them as an example, which is the main point of this entire thing, because what happens is you have these actions that people do, and the thing that brings them to the action, the steadiness of purpose, the focus. Okay. I have to be more focused. So I have to practice being focused. Uh, the, the diligence of, uh, of practice, the, um, the discipline of, uh, study, all these things, the, go get him attitude that Jon Snow observed when he's just like, people are dying, I need to go find the source of this cholera outbreak and he just did it. (laughs) Like To me, that's heroic and so, that's something to look up for and that's something I want to emulate myself. There's something I need to do, I'm just going to go and do it and I'm going to go sit and someone sits there and does the math. It may not be cool in a movie, you know, someone sitting there with a map going, where are the outbreaks. He's just writing X's on a page. It's not. doesn't look cool in a movie. What looks cool in a movie is Captain America throwing his shield into somebody's neck. Mm. I guess that's cool. But <laughs> I think for context
0: too, just for the listeners who don't know, what he did was sort of map out all the wells in the city and saw where the contaminated areas were. And by drawing on the map where the contaminations and outbreaks were occurring from that he sort of isolated the one fountain that was most root cause. I think
1: it's something like that, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And he found, he interviewed like everyone in the, like, in a in a radius of something, mm-hmm. and then he found out what was happening, and he found the root cause. But it and was his s-
0: science and deliberate, methodical effort that made it possible, because everybody else just thought it was magic or spirits or bad luck or
1: smitings from gods. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, they thought it was a miasma, literally just bad air. Yeah. <laughs> which sounds it's, good no. If- it's the poop
0: in the water. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. much just the poop. Not which
1: that. is the equivalent of, I guess, the New Age stuff. People being like, "Oh, there's." Bad energies coming off of this thing. Oh, you have, you have negative energy. Oh, there's so much negative energy in here. It's literally the same thing. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) what I want to bring it to though is what happens when we put someone who says something like, the, it, all our problems are caused by this one group of people and, we need to be more pure and they have a neat message. Look at me, I'm just one of you. And I want to say that, you know, we were brought down. We're actually the most noble people in the world. And so what we need to do is take our birthright and conquer those who are trying to conquer us. You have this heroic message. If you can't figure out who it is, it's uh, Schmidtler. Schmittler. Uh, and uh, what happened is he became a hero to the people because he did that, um, beer hall putsch where he marched on, uh, he marched on, what do you call that? Munich to take it over in the early twenties, I was like 23 or 22, I should know this, but, um, and then was arrested and a couple of people died and it was kind of a bit of a riot. And then he went to jail and became a martyr and then wrote his, you know, famous book. <laughs> <laughs> it's famously- it should have just been called trite. Yeah. <laughs> the whole it's thing. definitely tripe. And, um, <laughs> but it's interesting in its, as a, as, as a primary source. Um, but I still tend to get it. into his mindset and
0: everything too. Like, I'm so glad he did it, but like the fact that people still read it and follow it, it's just mind,
1: mind boggling to me. Uh, yeah. I think I still never read it. I don't want to, if, if, if I had an assignment that said, read, you know, chapter three of it, I read Stalin, which was also trite. But, um, <laughs> the, the thing was, is that he became this hero, this, this person to emulate, uh, or made himself a person to emulate. Either way, um, much like, actually, Paul of Dune did. uh, Paul of Dune, there was a made-up prophecy, and they're just like, yo, we can live if we follow the prophecy, you know, saying that, you know, yeah, we're totally the saviors that you're looking for. And everyone's like, whoa, they're totally the saviors you're looking for. (laughs) And just like Hitler was like, yeah, I'm the guy you're looking for. We'll lead the Aryan race into whatever. And then, so, When he says this, they put him on this pedestal and Hitler instantly loses all freedom. (laughs) You don't you um the hero you think has the reins of the state or the reins of history or the reins or whatever, but in reality they can't control that. You are if you put your faith in the thing, the tides of I don't want to say like that, the tides of history. fingers? Yeah. Essentially, you go with what the state wants to do as a group, and you start moving towards. So, what the masses think that the state should be doing is what the leader does. And so, you are constrained in action because you have to do what the people think that the hero you would do and not the actual you would do. So a good example of this was, um, Hitler liked Wagner, Wagner's music. No one else liked Wagner's music in the Third Reich, only Hitler. And every time he tried to institute this, like this, this is my idea of what, you know, Germany should become. And they're all like, uh huh, sure. And he kept dragging all his like generals and politicians out saying they were, they just hated it. They didn't get it. They didn't see what Hitler saw in it, but Hitler had this idea. So what Hitler wanted actually didn't really matter that much. <laughs> and so his conception of it, but the, the people's the the group's conception of what Hitler wanted that group to do ruled and not Hitler himself. That's my argument, I guess. Mm.
0: So, the persona had to embody the ideal and not the other way around.
1: Right. And so, this is why you have Frank Herbert saying, you know, they should come with a warning label because you, the hero that you have and put on side won't even be able to control the hero that he has become. And so, this is a very, rightful thing and in modern times not modern times in the present we see this now where we keep putting every time there's an election we keep treating uh, our uh, our politicians like kings so we like
0: Oh, worse mm-hmm. yet, they advertise themselves as the righteous heroes. That yeah, that got me absolutely Brazil.
1: I'm gonna stop this guy! Oh, I'm gonna stop this guy! Look, like I'm surprised their ads don't have like caricatures of each other sword fighting in the arena. Well oh, like,
0: yeah, they do they have get, caricatures, but just not literal, literal ones. Like those ads see, are just
1: insane. Some I want to see like in the next one like i don't know i guess it'll be harris versus trump maybe sure let's say that and like the democratic one will be like them both in gladiatorial gear and she just stabs him and goes <laughs> america and it's just like okay this is not what america is but it'd be really funny if they did it in
0: anime too <laughs> another country's <laughs> yeah it's probably just cartoon
1: unfortunately it's just gonna be some politically correct garbage but what What we're doing is we're making our democratically elected we're making our democratically elected officials into hero figures and expecting and we're now expecting them to do heroic deeds because of this. So it's just like, look at me, I'm this, which is why I almost prefer Canadian politics because most of the candidates will say stuff like, well, we need to sit down and actually do the paperwork and the budget, blah, 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 blah. And you get a couple who are like green new deal. Uh, and so, uh, which is a heroic deed in itself, although I don't think the ends justify the means, but um, the Politics is a good spot
0: for this, actually, because I, I just want to bring up like Arnold Schwarzenegger as a good example of this because he yeah. played for over a decade, played heroes in movies, right? So he right. actually acted as a hero constantly for a living as a job. And then he became governor of California. And whatever you think of him, right or wrong, I think he was an excellent governor. Nobody's perfect, but he did a really good job. Despite his past history of like um women abuse and being an arrogant, egotistical prick. (laughs) He did do a lot of wrong, but as a politician, there were no qualms about him. He just spoke his mind and you knew exactly where he was coming from and he was looking out for the people's best interest because he had an acting career that was far more superlative to his political career, so he didn't really care what people thought of him at that point. I think it's a funny instance because he acted as a hero and then became a people's hero of some sorts on the left-leaning California side.
1: Yeah, and I think, well, the other example of this is um, on the right, although I don't think, uh, what's his name, Uh, Ronald Reagan. But Ronald Reagan really was uh, acting more the politician than the hero, um, that's debatable. But he was a banker's hero, though. Like, yeah,
0: people in finance believed Reagan was like the second coming of Christ.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then he moved all the. Then he then during his reign, uh, <laughs> uh, they moved all the uh, sh- they moved all the manufacturing over to China. Yeah. Although that that a lot of it, a lot of the weight of that can be placed on. Um, politics of the 70s and Henry Kissinger. And they, they couldn't have seen the that what the result of that was.
0: But-, well, but even still, they benefited from it for like three decades. So, it's not like it was a bad decision to do it in the first place. It's just how much they, in, they invested in outsourcing production and manufacturing. Like that reliance yeah. of the country, it wasn't really the, the intention from the get-go to do that. It was mostly just, hey, the cheap stuff, the quick stuff, the things that we don't want people here making because it's dirty and pollutes, like a bunch of plastic waste bins at dollar stores and things like that. Yeah. But what we did was just for profit. Absolutely everything was shipped overseas for manufacturing because it was just cheaper and we got rich faster. And it was just nearsightedness, which I think everybody does. And I'm not a lover of Reagan, but I wouldn't fault him for the ec- the economic decisions he made in outsourcing. I would more fault him on the economic decisions he made from trickle-down economics, believing that giving money by the boatload to a few people trickles down evenly to everyone else below. And the economic stratas that's just
1: insane. (laughs) Yeah. So I think getting back is that we expect them to do paperwork, I guess paperwork heroically, but we don't expect them to just solve all our problems because we're putting these people in a position to, um, we're putting them in a position to, in a democratic society to administrate, not to rule. And it, we're expecting them to rule. And I think this is indicative of what's happening a lot in our society is where we're not, oh, we're looking towards someone like Superman, uh, not as an example of how we should be acting, which is the point of Superman. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, just because you don't have powers doesn't mean you can't, you know, exhibit the qualities of Superman. But if you start looking to Superman as a parent, oh, where's Superman when you need him? And then like saying, oh, I, uh, I, uh, you know how? And then you start saying stuff like, well, Superman wasn't there when I needed him, and therefore he's evil. And it's like, well, he's not your parent. <laughs> yeah. He's he's doing what he can. Everyone's just doing what they can. And then when uh, when our leaders you know, screw up because we expected them to reform the country in our image, not something that they would say, then we see they turn from heroes to devils and we this is a good sign that we are unhealthily um, casting people in the role of hero. And so, I think what we need to do is to realize what a hero is. And I think a lot of it is that it is a somewhat of a personal thing um and it's a bit transcendent so but the uh, personal aspect is probably more important because what a hero means to us is very important so what it means to me as jordan doesn't really wouldn't mean the same thing to say chris or anyone listening and there are some universal heroes, but there are things that I find heroic. And there were characters that I thought were heroic um, because they spoke to what my interests were. We're all kind of a bit different. This is why we have that whole idea of diversity, which is not just racial. It's, you know, I'm literally different than anyone else I know. And so my interests in media and in things like that are going to be different. And my ideas of a hero are going to be slightly different um this is why when you have an ensemble cast of something or whatever um you justice, know, take league. Like justice league or like something like star trek you know everyone watches like next generation we can all look up to captain picard but some people might be like yeah but data is my hero why well you know because that's That's, I think, is more important to me than it would be to someone else. So, that person might think that that character is more important to them. And and, and fair enough, because we're all interacting with our heroes as an individual. We're not interacting with them as a group. And when we interact with them as a group, it's more likely that, you know, you're going to start carrying around little red books. And so... This is why I say we should keep it to be personal and realize that we are interacting with our heroes as individuals. What does Superman mean to you? What does Captain America mean to you? What does uh, you know um, Achilles mean to you? What are these characters? So, interact with them and you're going to have this own interpretation of these characters. You can bring your interpretation to the table and tell us about it and say, this is how this character or these people or Winston Churchill has interacted with my own life. Now the problem happens. And here's, I'm going to get into a bit of my pet peeve and I'm not well. Before
0: you get into that, let me just ask you then about what you just said. Okay. 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 Sorry to interrupt, but you're you're talking about like um, how people are, or how, how authors might produce a story to, to show that the conflict of thought in the hero's mind, right? And I think, and this is just speculation on my part, but the author's intention was probably to make the readers ruminate, whether it's a comic book or a movie or anything. They're intending that the people individually readjust and reassess their own values of virtue or their own ideas of heroism, right? That's sort of what the Batman character was all about, the Dark Knight, where is he good? Is he bad? Well, he's mostly good, but he's not all good. And, and same with, um, Peter Parker, how his affinity for his family, but he kept neglecting his family to help others and things like that. So I think the conflict of the hero in most of our stories is supposed to be, um, pinned on that dilemma aspect of there not being a, a clear binary right and wrong option. It's the sort of churning through the process, but like how much of that is inspired by the stories themselves? Like, when people see stories of heroes constantly, they're not really forced to to come up with their own ideas or ideals. Do you know what I mean? So they're kind of constructed by the media itself. Even though the media was probably well-intentioned in having people just sit and think about it, it might also be the case that these stories are what construct people's ideas of heroism to begin with because well, there's just so many of them. To like, me, how does
1: that play in? a lot of what the media is doing now... Like they're trying to like, they're trying to shove ideas of heroism down my throat that don't make any sense to me. Uh Like um, you get stuff where uh, you have heroes being degraded. And then all of a sudden there's uh, saying uh, stuff like, Oh, masculinity is bad. But then they have female characters of color instead showing the same masculine heroism. And I'm just kind of like, okay, I I don't know what you're trying to get at me. And uh, I think a lot of it is not partic- Like I don't think it's purely culturally constructed as in an answer to you. Your question there is I think a lot of it is – some of it makes sense and this comes down to I think something I was going to get to well, – that's a good time to get to it – is that it does have to conform to the logos to some extent and that is the way that we live in reality uh, rather than our subjective so, the, int- the Logos, I guess, is the interaction between uh, our subjective reality and objective reality. And when they align, we have a good time. And when they don't, we turn into cowards <laughs> or just ty- uh, evil tyrants or just- We're so insecure, we start wars. <laughs> yeah. Or on the personal level, we just get depressed. Um, mm-hmm. So the Logos is the way and following the Logos and knowing the Logos can be considered something like the Tao. So, essentially, live in tune and in harmony with reality, uh, because reality exists. Whether or not it's an illusion, I okay, guess, another thing doesn't matter. Whether a lot it's culturally constructed, well, it's not, because we're living in it. And I can't turn into a bird when I want to fly, which would be awesome, and I've tried. <laughs> and um, it doesn't work. So, we have... These conceptions of heroes and they do, um, maybe in a Joseph Campbell sort of sense, you know, we have a hero with a thousand faces and they're somewhat culturally constructed and they're somewhat like historically constructed and they're informed a lot by biology and the nature of our evolutionary past. What does it mean to be good in our society? But also, what does it mean to be good and have right action within reality? Because you know sandbagging, you have to fight against the tides of the flood, um, which, like we talked about last week, and so when people try and construct a hero intentionally, uh, a lot of times it comes across as just terrible propaganda, and we saw we saw this in. Uh, Soviet Union and Nazi Germany, where they come up with like, this is the ideal man and woman. And it's just like, it's goofy. It's so stupid. Um, here's someone who loves the Soviet Union. They're like, I love the Soviet Union. It's like, that wasn't forced at all. It's like someone who's just blindly loving leader is the greatest heroism. We're like, no. Well, like Watch that- the
0: Xi Jinping assemblies. Oh, right. <laughs> Every yeah. Every he stands up in front of all of his constituent government Leaderships or whatever. Everybody like does that vigorous little clap thing. Yeah. (laughs) North Korea has got the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) they they show like those hysterical, oh, they're falling over and fawning all over him as he parades through town on a giant rocket shaped like a cock.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or like, um, yeah, in North Korea where they have, where they absolutely have this hero complex over a great leader, but. And they think that this is 14 hole in ones and one round of golf. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, then he, he's not, but then they're all starving and he's like always so heroic because he's fighting against the evil America, uh, and you know, all these evil, Democratic powers who are so very evil. It's just like, like Japan and South Korea, those evil people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, J pop is a, or K pop is a bit sketchy. Um, it's definitely something that came directly from the underworld, but doesn't mean South Koreans are evil. Uh, <laughs> we can pin that on Dance Dance Revolution. That's what
0: started yeah. that all. <laughs> yeah.
1: DDR is the undoing of our entire society.
0: But, and the pinnacle of my childhood. But anyway, that.
1: that's <laughs> going to be on like, when I, when I get brought up by the Politburo in the future, that's going to be on this. Like he said this about DDR. How dare he? <laughs> I'll my trial. Yeah, and so the prison camps <laughs> <laughs> dance. Um, so what was I saying? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um,
0: so you were talking about the celebrated leaders who are being right.
1: Called- so when we try and create them, it ends up being not in tune with reality. And then we end up pushing ourselves into disaster. And a lot of us know when something like, if we're honest with ourselves, we know when something is actually heroic to us. And when it's just kind of, um, when it's kind of something that we want to go along with. Now, not everyone has this self-awareness, but generally, if you try and make someone who shells peanuts for a living, um, put them in the same uh, class as, uh, I don't know, uh, like Superman or something, I'm going to be like, no. (laughs) Well, these these things are obviously different. Um, And we try and make heroes of things every day of the mundane as we're trying to celebrate mediocrity in our society to some extent, which is extremely harmful because, well, that's another story. But we do have a sense, I would say that we do have an innate sense on what actually is heroic. And it does change from person to person, but it aligns with it. So, no matter how much the media tries to tell me that someone like Greta Thunberg is a hero, I'm never going to believe it because well, one, she's not practicing what she's preaching, and the other is she's not saying anything and she hasn't done her homework. You know, a hero to me is someone who's done all their work and can come up with something that actually is an actionable plan without using any pleas for emotion. This is not heroic. Uh, and just because someone talks in front of the UN doesn't mean they're worth listening to, um, because lots of people not worth listening to have spoken in front of the UN. And so, what we have as a hero becomes, and and this is why, and this kind of leads me into what I was going to get to, is that a lot of these people who are pushing for these new types of heroes um, in the media are trying to degrade our other heroes. So there's, I haven't really made a distinction between fictional heroes and fact. And factual heroes. Um, now, uh, a fictional hero, you can't quite rule over you. Okay, everyone's saying, well, what about Jesus? But um, a factual hero, right now, we're seeing with it within these factual heroes, you know, people like in, in Britain will look up to someone like Winston Churchill. Now Winston Churchill was an ass at the best of times. You don't even need to call him racist, <laughs> like he was a jerk, but he was a jerk that got stuff done. He's a jerk that made it so that the Americans won the, uh, the Amer- the allies won the war. And so, um. He was what they needed. And once the war ended, he started and he's like ran for prime minister again. And they're like, no, (laughs) no time and place. Yeah. And so they knew they knew that, you know, their hero, their leader was a uh, specific type of hero. And so, you know, people voted him out. Good for you, Britton. That's important to underline too, though, that the situation
0: plays a huge role in the the whole process of identifying and speaking of heroes and heroism in general, right? Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, shelling nuts compared to Superman. Well, if they're shelling nuts for a group of uh, paraplegics who can't shell their own nuts... Yeah, that person is living this modest and really simple life, and they're sacrificing any greatness in their own lives so that they can just provide peanuts to people who have no hands. I mean, that could be heroic based on that situation and that circumstance. But once Mm. that village is gone of the paraplegics, shelling nuts for strangers probably isn't very helpful. Or It might still be noble, though. And that's the thing. like, There's a difference in our minds between the ideas of nobility, not like... Not uh, monarchal nobility. Yeah, the virtue platonic nobility. Well, Uh, we try. There's a difference in that based on a
1: situation. Like, there's a huge factor. And I think people who display nobility and are important. And I think nobility is getting a short shrift. It's like, why would somebody a gentleman is just a racist figure? It's like, no, a gentleman is someone who. Cultivates nobility in our society. You don't need to be an aristocrat to cultivate nobility.
0: Yeah, but now it's like half-deemed sexist to open a door for a woman. It's not even gentlemanly. Like I was taught by women to do that, and now I'm offensive when I do it. Like uh, (laughs) it's all situational and time dependent, which makes it kind of arbitrary in my mind. Like we just come up with ideas of what's noblesse and how we should uh, how we should behave toward it. But greatness isn't some. Like you mentioned the logos, and that should be fact, logical, reality-based understanding. But there is no logos in a heroism that changes based on the time and place.
1: Well, to some extent, but all heroism is that. So, you have someone who wins a gold medal, and this is kind of one of the tragedies of it. And one of the problems with uh, heroes in reality, you win a gold medal, and then after that, the game's over. You have to go home. You move on with your life. You're never going to the Olympics again. um, And you need to find a new form of heroism. You can ride on the coattails of that heroism for a while, but not too long a while. You have to move on with your life. That heroism that you displayed in all of that effort becomes, is realized and then you have to live the rest of your life. It's like, well, what now? So, you get like, Uh, those stories of like people who can't handle it or you get those stories of people that overcome it and say, okay, time to coach, time to bring up the next round of heroes, of people who are going to push themselves to the limit and do this and reach their physical pinnacle. And now my physical pinnacle is passed and now I'm going to move on to a nurturing and different form of heroism. And so, you, you, it switches, it's time and place. But the problem I have is that when people say, well, your hero was actually racist. And you see this nowadays, uh, so much to an unbelievable degree, well, it's like, okay, uh, we can't look up to people like Jane Austen, great writer, uh, fight me. <laughs> um, because she was British and the British used bot tea, and the tea is racist. So, now the Jane Austen Museum has to have a little plaque. <laughs> I am not making this up where they I'm say pull like, out the rest of my hair for that, <laughs> yeah. And so now, you know, someone who wrote something so well is who had nothing to do with the MP. Well, she did, is tangential, even if she, she, the fact that she wasn't calling it out means that she was things like, oh, thanks, Ibram X. Kendi, you're unnecessary. Would you please leave? <laughs> but, um, the like oh, all your heroes are racist is this new thing or all your heroes are sexist or uh, it's toxic masculinity or this or that or that or the other. I and mean, that's not the point of a hero. And so, yes, all of the heroes that I have from history went poop. And this is kind of the thing. They're not perfect. No, they're people. But You know, we can look up to someone like Luke Skywalker. Well, you can't look up to him because he's white. Okay. We we can look up to someone like... uh, um, Jamal Khashoggi. I have no idea who that is.
0: Uh, The Wall Street... What was it? Wall Street Journal? Yeah. Wall Uh, Street um, Journal um, author who was assassinated by the Saudi government in Turkey, in the embassy. dismembered, cut into pieces yeah i don't remember that one
1: Oh, okay never mind then. <laughs> but what i was talking about was like we can look up to fictional ones i don't know like you know my in my youth one of my heroes that i definitely emulated quite a bit or tried to uh was um uh jean-luc picard and star trek well because it was a thing that was on my father would watch it with me uh when i was with him And watch it. And this 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 hero, this person, this exemplar of right action, sitting there, being like, "I will use my mind to solve problems." Look at me. I know literature and science, and I have curiosity and a will to go forward. And I'll uh, uh, and I'm not you know meek. And so you have this idea, and he's this almost this ideal. And he's not perfect because you know they make him make mistakes. The thing is, is he's still limited by a narrative. And so the narrative you have this example, ex- example of what an ideal person in our society should be. And then you have them in real life, and they're like, oh, well, you know, they go to the washroom. You never see your heroes on TV go to the washroom. You never see your heroes on TV stumble on words. You never see your heroes on TV, uh, you know, make a social faux pas because. Well, they're, 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 they're part of the story and it would take away. And we only have 20 minutes to get to the end of the story. But in reality, you have, um, people in reality making bad decisions. But in a story, you can have your characters and your examples and your heroes be a certain way. In reality, I would say you have to temper it with the fact that you shouldn't just follow them blindly, but the fact that someone overcomes all their Foibles and faux pas, and all of that uh, baggage that comes just with being human, you know, literally being tired and having to act while you're exhausted. <laughs> Be presentable with, you know, without sleep for 48 hours. Tell me how heroic that feels if you can still pull off that speech. Um, I feel pretty heroic sometimes for, uh, for working through this myocarditis. Although I would find it weird if someone actually looked up to me for it. Uh, but um, but it feels and, that way, right? It feels a bit heroic. Um, and I'd like to look to, and it's neat that I can look to myself. I did right action in that moment. I want to be like I was there. And I can look to myself at certain points in my time and be like, and we say this all the time. I did this once. I can do it again. And so, we can become the heroes in our own story. And what I'm saying is, it's not the person that you look towards, it's the qualities of that person. Um, now, to be fair, some of our heroes did turn out to be irredeemable O.J. Simpson, Bill Cosby, <coughs> I don't think Cuomo. anybody, Andrew Cuomo. Ugh. But people were hailing him as a hero. Like he got an Emmy for yeah. walking people through a pandemic crisis. We wrote a book, and they gave him an award for it. Yeah, and it's, but the pandemic wasn't over, and <laughs> he hadn't actually finished. And They and found like,
0: out the, all the abuse that he was causing under the in the back. Talk about putting the cart
1: before the horse. But yeah.
0: <laughs> but he was deemed a hero, though. That's sort of the thing.
1: Yeah, and now nobody's talking about him because he doesn't fit what narrative everyone's trying to put up that 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 media narrative that i was talking about he doesn't oh no 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 we had him as a hero oh no but that showing that would show the errors in our hero creation system it's like well they're pretty blatant (laughs) and i think that's worth talking about but we can see that these examples of right action in history now to one way of doing this is while waiting for the whole story to come out um you get someone like uh, you could look up to someone like Solzhenitsyn, who made it through uh, uh, the Gulag, wrote all those books, and her- that the way he like wrote those books was heroic. He memorized them by using a monomic device that took a lot of patience. Although, what else are you going to do in a prison camp? And so, but then in the eighties, he started writing about, about that? being um, changing
0: people's minds. Why is that so terrible? Well, it's... In light of new information, we should just be open to the fact that our heroes might not be what we expected of them and then be like, oh, we were wrong. Right. Why can't we do that without it being like, oh, we have to hide the fact that we were hailing them as heroes for all this time and pretend they never existed and pretend we never said anything good about them. Like, well, because I, I think it not- should be okay for us to be wrong,
1: no? Because it's at this, it's not, because at that point, the people saying that don't care about the individual. They don't say, Oh, we learned a lesson. It's like, no, 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 this doesn't fit the message. It's, it's about the, it's about the greater good. It's about the, the collective necessity of that group, uh, within society that needs to have that hero be pristine. So like, based you can't. On
0: that, I might conjecture it's our own fault of of pigeonholing our heroes. Like it's, it's because we choose to perceive them as their perfect ideals that when we're faced with that being wrong, it's like a cognitive dissonance thing and we freak out. (laughs) We could just look at heroes differently, like less, um, less specifically and, and directly and, you know, precise. Instead of yeah. assuming that they're all of everything, they could just say their act was
1: heroic. Their deed was heroic. Yeah. And their I think
0: intention was heroic, like that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and I think this is being this, this is tried, but I think they failed in recent history, especially in the movies where we're starting to get a lot of anti heroes, which is kind of annoying. Like you mentioned Batman, which was kind of the first one. It was like, Oh, it's needy, so gritty, and now we're all the heroes are just uh. Uh, Drunk. Ugh, everything sucks. Uh, like I hate doing this. Why do I keep in every 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 hero has to be this damaged individual now? uh You know, me and my wife modernism infecting everything. <laughs> yeah, and like me and my wa- wife just watched all the old Bond movies because we just needed something to eat while we uh, watch while we eat or something. So we're like, oh, let's watch these. And these are they're all the old ones are fun. There's a few things in them that are that would you know make a couple people these days blush, but I think we're getting a bit more for some reason, I think we're getting a bit more uh, huffy stuffy. you know the Victorians might be like, "You guys are stuck up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and that says a lot coming from the Brits, <laughs> yeah, and so what we're watching is like these movies are fun, and they the the hero isn't perfect, you know he gets up to uh, all stuff, but he always wins in the end. But now we have to say, okay, James Bond has psychological conditions from his PTSD because he's constantly in violence and he can't handle it and blah, blah, he's blah, He's not blah. showing up to his anger management issue. Right. He's got to go to anger management class in the first place, even though <laughs> he was doing things to protect the world from like radiation poisoning or some convoluted plot involving a virus or and the world uh, exploding from it lasers taking out cities like i wouldn't really probably feel bad about like oh i shot a bunch of guys but they were going to destroy like a continent so i really don't feel bad about it <laughs> it's like but you were in danger it's like yeah and it sucked but uh now 50 million people are alive so i'm going to yeah. go boating <laughs> like <laughs> And, but no, James Bond has to be damaged and all the like Batman now kills people, uh, Superman doesn't know what to do um, and he's being, you know, it's all our heroes. Now we're showing them to have flaws, yes, which is, which is smart because, you know, heroes are, pe- heroes are supposed to reflect reality, you know, fictional heroes are supposed to reflect reality. Like Luke Skywalker was great, but he was an ideal hero. Although not at first, he was kind of this bumpkin kid who actually, now that I think about it more, Luke Skywalker is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Yeah, He's this dumb kid in this bumpkin town who just wants to tinker with his little flying machine and doesn't want to go off and do anything. Although he thinks the the rebels are cool and the empire is bad and he wants to, well, wouldn't it be cool if I was just out there? Then he faces the reality of it. His mentor dies and he's just like, ah, what do I do? What do I do? And he has to come to terms with it and he overcomes it. And he's the heroism of Luke Skywalker isn't in the fact that he can use a lightsaber really well. It's in the fact and how he learned to use lightsaber. really. He came, overcame all this juvenile BS, and uh, which actually was fun to watch, which is why it's a good movie. And then he slowly became this character that has it together. And well, we don't all have to fight a big empire, but you know, you do have to start a job and get good and d- disregard all your previous BS and learn how to interact with the system that you are piloting. Um, and that's sort
0: of the appeal of origin stories. That's why we yeah. all you know, all these hero, like even like Bruce Willis and Die Hard. And every time we have heroes, we have like origin stories of their upcoming and their failings and how they've
1: matured and grown into their, their stat. Their well, something like Dickens and David Copperfield or Great Expectations, uh, you have these Bildungsroman, which is German for like growing up story, uh, where these kids who are dumb kids slowly become more mature. And then, you know, at the end of the book, they're like, I am a fully functioning gentleman. And it's just like, nice. <laughs> and so, these are hero stories for younger people. Um, but they're also hero stories for us. Like people, adults still read David Copperfield uh, because it's, you know, he, the lessons that David Copperfield's learning are still lessons that we can learn today. The lessons that um, that Pip learned or uh, can still be learned by, you know, people when they're older just because it happens to a kid. But, hmm, where was I going with that? I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Um, so, I guess sort of what I was bringing up though is just how much the influence of situation predominates the actual perception of a hero. You know what I mean? Like one is actually contingent on the other. Batman without crime would have nothing to show off his heroism. He would just be a rich billionaire in a suit running around town like it's Halloween.
1: Well, if there was little crime in Gotham, then what could... He has all that technology and he can use his deductive powers on less, I guess, consciousness. He could be like an insurance agent. (laughs) he could be a scientist. He could investigate. Batman could use all his like he could come in research something and like leave and then go like rock climbing or something. He like Batman put to peaceful use would be a force of science. <laughs> like he's got that giant laboratory. <laughs> like look his, his deductive powers are uh, mixed with his like money and gadgetry. Could you imagine if he built his own like research lab, that'd be insane. And then he'd go do some like paragliding or something after work, (laughs) like, or,
0: um, the Wayne uh, foundation did a whole bunch of like benevolent work and stuff. So it's not like he didn't do it on the side, mm -hmm. but I mean, he could have focused on it. He spent an inordinate, inordinate amount of money just on suits and gadgets and stuff. Right.
1: But the other thing is that if you're now, here's the other side of that, I guess, going with the logos argument, I will um, mm-hmm. speed because I'm Yoda, apparently, um, is that if Bruce Wayne, now this is getting to be weird conversation, if Bruce Wayne wasn't Batman, now we all have crime inherent to our system. To some extent. There are always going to be people making like, what if I can get around this and do some crime instead of actually doing some work? Yeah. So I don't know why i made in Italian.
0: writing down a law
1: is that people are going to bend it. <laughs> yeah. And so, what happens is Batman the archetype, but if Batman the person and Bruce Wayne or whatever, his him following his logos is being Batman. And so, that is what that guy does. And for him to not Follow that would probably make him, uh, you know, actually bring him to be that drinking loser that all our heroes are supposed to be nowadays. Everything's got to be dark and gritty. Unless you're a woman, then you get to tell everyone what to do. <laughs> Man, the new Star Trek is terrible.
0: <laughs>
1: so I, I never it. got
0: into Deep Space Nine. I powered through, but couldn't do the rest of the Star Trek.
1: This yeah. Next Generation was. There was some really, really profound stuff in Next Generation. There was also some really bad camp, but um mm. that's that I grew up with it. That was what, and I think to some extent, heroism in my own life was informed more from these heroes of I guess this is where that media part comes in. Is the heroes of media that were portrayed in media definitely had an influence on me. But I, I spent a lot of time thinking about what they meant to me. So um, heroes in shows like Star Trek and Babylon 5 uh, resonated with me. Now, it doesn't because like, well, they're imposing their beliefs on me. It's like, no, I could have found them elsewhere, but those were the heroes that spoke to me. These were the ones that said, this is the lesson that resonates with whoever Jordan is. And I think it's a bit of an accident and it's a bit of a cultural um a culture defining itself on me but a lot of it is that is the type that i would have gravitated to because of who i was and so the the hero that um that thought things through the hero that uses his brain as well as their brawn the hero that is a bit of a polymath. These were people that I was just like, that is so cool. He could quote Shakespeare and shoot people. Oh, that's so cool. And when I was a kid, I was just like, that is the coolest thing ever. And now now you do it. Oh, now I do it. Because when I was a kid, I was like, they're sitting around quoting Shakespeare. And I'm just like, that is some highbrow stuff. But... And they're like sitting there, like poetry and all this stuff. But then they'll turn around and be like, let's sit down and do some astrophysics. And I was like, how do they do that? How does someone know that much? How does someone be able to switch gears like that? I thought, you know, you're you, you, you only able to do a couple things because I was, you know, I was a kid. I was limited. I could see what I was capable of and i see what these characters are capable of. And now I'm seeing like, okay, so now I can quote Shakespeare. I can... Uh, I can shoot, I can garden, I can do all this stuff. And, you know, my wife's no different. Uh, She's a musician, she does genetics, she's in pharmacy, and uh, a couple other things. Um, And this is what I expected of heroes in my life, people who can do, engage in more than one thing in their life. But at the same time, that, that resonated with me other stuff's going to resonate with other people and this is why when we're talking to other people we'll say oh i think this character's so cool and other someone else will be like i don't get it they don't get it that's cool they probably have something that really resonates with them and that's why in society we have more than one hero not everyone's going to like james bond well james and everybody
0: Bond's had a different favorite power ranger oh yeah
1: definitely or <laughs> uh, which is why when marvel comes up with uh, well the marvel movies are getting bad I'm looking at you, uh, uh, <laughs> what is it? I can't remember what it was. Um, but you had these different aspects of personality within the Marvel universe. You had like Iron Man, who's just this, um, patriotic, uh, right meaning he's got that, that what America sees itself. And that's, that's good. And then you have the, the woman. Which is kind of, which they did make kind of token, which was actually poorly done, in my opinion, because um, she wasn't likable. <laughs> if she was a guy, she wouldn't be likable. Uh, you have the angry guy, uh, but who's you know, soft on the inside. There's a lot of resonation there. Uh, you have the inventor dude, the rich billionaire guy who's got to overcome. Like, these are all stories and archetypes that resonate with us. And in order to, you know, get the biggest audience, they just stick an ensemble cast together and whoever, and somebody will like someone best. So, there's all hero there for everybody. But what a lot of the postmodernists don't realize is that it works because these qualities are present in all of us, and they are archetypal in sort of the Jungian sense. Um,
0: Yeah, they manifest in different ways, but they convolve towards one central theme kind of thing, right? Right.
1: So... To say that, oh, we'll just invent a new hero. That's ridiculous. You can't just invent a new hero. Humans have these. And to make a new hero up is also dangerous because what are the premises that that hero is based on? And like the Aryan warrior. Well, that death worship in the Third Reich led to some pretty gosh darn distasteful things. And heroism of the proletariat uh, though, you know, work and hard work are things worth uh seeing as heroic deeds, seeing anything other than that one quality led to some other gosh darn distasteful things. Um, and so, we have to see that heroism is not just this one single faceted thing. You can't just say, well, this is only this or this is only this. Because again, you can lead back into Herbert's nightmare where you have... The cult of personality being built out of, of, of a built around it
0: but you can build a new hero out of the same building blocks that pre-exist right like you, you're not oh, saying yeah. you can't draw and name a new design of a hero it's just that the pieces already exist for you to add together to make up this new character
1: well look at what look at the the quality of our heroes over the past like 500 years you get someone like uh roland in the song of roland who's just like I've got a sword and I've got a horse. I'm going to kill the dragon. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. It's literally just a nightly story. And save the maiden's fair. Yeah, essentially. And he's a hero. He's someone to look up for. And he loves Jesus, blah, 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 blah. And then you get like Cervantes making fun of them in Don Quixote, which was actually kind of funny. And, um... Heroism changes, you know, someone makes fun of it. Okay, we have to make new heroes. And so what happens is we've got these very, very complicated heroes nowadays. Um, Heroes that have to, that don't just, they're not one dimensional caricatures of, you know, heroism or something. They go out and they have to deal with life as we see it, because we're more complicated now than we were before. And so our heroes do keep evolving. There's still the same building blocks there. And there's still the same rules, which, you know, abide by the logos. But the rules aren't there to restrain you. The rules, there's still infinite possibilities within those rules that we've set out with all the building blocks. It's just these archetypes can be played with infinitely. And a lot of them do it well. well what happens if you put your hero? Who seems to be good in a situation that uh, that breaks them a bit? Well, how do they deal with that? Let's push our hero to the limit. Let's let's see what they're capable of. You can do that in a story. You can't do that with a hero in reality. We're already dealing with that stuff because, uh, <laughs> well, politics, more <well>, politics. <laughs> but at the same time, you have someone who's a hero, and they're a hero sometimes because they had to deal with something unexpected, something that. We didn't see something that made a good story. And all of a sudden, you have, um, you know, uh, these people come to the forefront and we tell stories about them because it is a evolution or something new and nuanced. Now, you have something like where we try and have the hero be uh, a hero for different reasons. Now, we have heroes who are dealing with internal strife, uh, different types of conflict. We're throwing at them. We're throwing different like types of story at them. Uh, and can I can I throw an example? This in is kind of what art does. Yeah,
0: um, cartoons. I thought were really good for that. When I was growing up, my car- my car- my heroes were cartoons. So like Animaniacs, Looney oh, yeah. Tunes, uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle that kind of thing mm-hmm. and I, I think what's really interesting about cartoon heroes is that they're intentionally those exaggerated caric- caricatures of heroism right they're not as good as they're supposed to be they're not as bad as they're supposed to be they you know what I mean like, they're just over the top with everything and it's just sort of more it's a more articulate way of expressing through action because you can act and then you can try and act real. But then you can act over the top like a cartoon with a giant mallet and a and a piano dropping on the bad guy's head, or Rocky and Bullwinkle running around from the infamous Russians who are out to get everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the humor in it is sort of to me underlining that hey, these ideas are good and they're helpful and they're productive to have, and you should try to aspire towards heroism. But they're a joke. Like don't take them so seriously. Like. I'm going to jump in front of a train because Jesus is going to save me. Like, don't take it literally. They're jokes. And I think cartoons are really good at framing that just based on the medium that they're being portrayed. What do, what do you think about like caricatures,
1: like actual caricatures of heroism? I think it depends on whether or not they're trying to be ironic. Because um, there was no, like with something like Rocky and Bullwinkle, which is uh, there was no um, doubt as to who, was in the right at any point in that. So, the Russians were sitting there with their scheming plans <laughs> and they were great, uh, but um, Rocky and Bullwinkle ended out on top because they were right. And even though there was a caricature of it, the morality was still there. It wasn't some ironic uh, or cynical piece that, you know, it's like, oh well, morality doesn't exist. So, let's just you know not care about anything like uh, a lot of the media actually since then has been one that i think that we both uh watched uh, if i think about like animation and more moral heroes was kenshin who (laughs) definitely had some ptsd but he was (laughs) definitely dealing with his you know he was a guy who definitely wasn't a hero previously and had figured out what right action was and, but the show didn't always take him seriously. It hit him on the head with a rutabaga and it make could him fall he get smacked
0: him. by a little kid and get knocked over, even though he could beat up like huge demons and
1: slay yeah. armies by himself. Yeah. And this was, Kenshin was a great example of uh, heroism, uh, you know, gentle with children, uh, a man of restrained power. And he cared for his friends and not everything was unidimensional, but at the same time, he was a nuanced hero, even though it's just a shonen jump thing, um, was that he was a nuanced hero because when he was fighting he was discussing what it meant to be fighting the entire time he wasn't just fighting cuz i need to fight he's fighting because you know they were constantly having a discussion like is it right to fight and he is wants it right- to
0: stop he was fighting to like protect people yeah. and to prevent further fighting and
1: i think that was actually a very um, a very good take on heroism because you know kenshin was this lovable guy who when the rubber hit the road, his eyes would change and you'd be like, oh, I screwed up. (laughs) (laughs) But if
0: Like Boris and Natasha, even they were funny in Rocky and Bullwinkle. So it wasn't just like all they said was demonic things and they were the
1: Yeah, it wasn't propaganda. Well, it was a bit propaganda. But the Russians had been the bad guys for like 40, 50 years at that point. And so like to have them speak Russian, like nobody needed to be like, oh, yeah, BT dubs the Russian of the bad guys. It's like, yeah, we know, duh. (laughs) Like, so they just... Made it was during Russian a Cold in our- War era,
0: right? Like, or even shortly after. Like, it was around the whole Soviet thing when everybody, for decades, had been just pummeled with Russia, Russia, Russia. They're out to get you, and you got to duck and cover. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. It was. So, it was
0: showing the light and the humanity of even the bad guys, and they do and that a lot in cartoons
1: to make them. Just to, how do we make them seem bad? Well, just give them a Russian accent. Okay, good. <laughs> like, you, it's just easier. So you don't have to go be like, oh, by the way, we're bad.
0: And so, but even in things like Tom and Jerry, it's a cat and a mouse. They're born that way. So they're fighting because it's innate to their, 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 um, yeah, their species or whatever. Like, they're engendered by it. Um, same with, uh, what's it called? Tweety Bird and... Yeah, Looney Tunes stuff. Sylvester, yeah. It yeah. wasn't because Sylvester was evil, it's because he's a cat. So, like, they show the, these nuances even between good and bad um, in the process of the caricatures. And I don't think they do that very well in movies because what they're trying to drive home is that effect. Yeah. Like, when you when you mass slaughter a whole bunch of stormtroopers, you never see their faces. They're just not real people. Until I yeah, actually that was, see one's face and then they're real people.
1: That was a funny thing about the new, those new star Wars movies was they're like, you, you're it's okay to slaughter all these guys. And then they make it, They, the the story makes, it's like, oh, by the way, I was taken away as a child and brought into the empire. It's like, whoa, wait, wait, these, these nameless stormtroopers are child soldiers. What the heck? Like (laughs) (laughs) suddenly there's a relationship to South
0: Sudan and you're like, oh shit, this is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But then we're (laughs)
1: supposed to cheer for you just slaughtering them. It's like, no, like, but again, it doesn't
0: make it okay for the stormtroopers to go and rip other people from their home to make them into stormtroopers, right? Right, But that makes, they're not evil.
1: Like that makes, and then you have like the main characters and this is why I couldn't buy any of the, uh, that's why I wasn't like buying any of the new heroism of the new main characters is cause they're just like gleefully killing these people. There's no nuance to it. There's no, like, there was no nuance to the old star Wars movies, but because they were literally Nazis, it's like, but now they're, they're Nazis, but all of a sudden now you're killing people who are indentured. It's like, maybe if you're going to put that nuance in, maybe you should put some nu- <laughs> maybe you should put some nuance into the problem solving too instead of just like oh well they were in the wrong place at the wrong time blank 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 and yeah, so or show some remorse be like
0: i just killed five people to get away i mean yeah i wasn't supposed to be in prison but did these five people deserve to die over my escape well and this just is think about it
1: <laughs> this is one of the problems i have with the movies that are being made now is that you can make a bad movie as long as it toes some ironic propaganda of some sort or problematizes something. And I think what's missing in a lot of these is like we're ex- we've explored heroism. We kind of made it gritty for a while, but I think to explore heroism again without just politics is is what we need because uh, right action is right action. It doesn't matter who you are. And I think- but There are spectrums of right action is sort of what I'm getting at. Well, you know, showed up to work on time and- don't kill innocent children well in order to feed the people in <laughs> the same camp i guess but. <laughs> but
0: in order to feed the people right you have to take from the pro- productive labor of a farmer mm-hmm. at some point it has to come to that and that farmer could have been richer if he had let market uh, uh market forces Dictate the prices of his commodities. Yeah. Instead of making everything so expensive that the farmer gets ludicrously rich off it, you take from the farmer to feed all the people. So it's virtuous and good to feed your people as a king or whatever, as the hero king. Mm-hmm. But what you're, you're still hurting somebody. And that should be looked at. Uh, I'm not saying that it's right or wrong or whatever, but there, any action you take has to have some kind of ba- balance to it. There's going to yeah. be a causative effect that hurt somebody else in the process.
1: Well, I think but there's, generally there's what a lot the of sh-
0: trying to do though, is create more good than bad.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a lot of yeah, media does deal with that. That says, okay, the hero, well, you, I guess you're talking in a very utilitarian sense that like a hero should be doing the thing that creates the most good, but in some, at some point uh, you might end up hurting people unintentionally. Now, again, the road to hell again is ba- paved with good intentions. You know, I intend to do good. So what intentions are the ones that won't do good? And this is, I guess the, uh, we're going to get into morality and the thing. And I don't think we have enough time for that <laughs> the rest. So I do want to stay on track, but I think the that it's were well-intentioned. That's my point. That's yes. the problem
0: with a lot of things.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think that it, if we explore it, then we'll come up with these answers. And I, I, and that's, I'm unwilling to come up with a thing because I'm saying. Not that like, well, here's what we should be seeing in in movies, it's like, no, artists making movies should come up with this on their own. I'm not gonna sit here being like, here's a list guys, do this. Cause yeah. that's exactly the wrong thing. Don't that do I that
0: sh- formula, do my
1: formula. Yeah, formula. because they're the ones writing books. They're the ones writing stories. They're the ones doing this. And I'm saying all that, don't give heroism and heroes short shrift. You need a hero in a book. Like try writing a book without a hero it's going to be a boring book because we have those, they're called textbooks and like I people don't textbooks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But pragmatic. That's Okay. okay. <laughs> I, 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 I keep, I keep, I keep history books in my bathroom as bathroom, <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> but, um, that's a true reader's digest.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, jeez.
0: All right. So I think just for our young listeners, readers digest is a tiny little booklet that everybody had in their bathrooms in the nineties.
1: Yes. Your grandparents still
0: have the millennials probably don't
1: know anything about readers digest. I think I'm a millennial. Anyway, I think <laughs> to wrap up a bit, I'll say that um the thing that we need to do is just not make uh like we must, like we have to resist the urge to put our heroes above us. And we have to rather use them as an example to raise ourselves and The result of not of putting them above us is this these cults of personalities where we live where we end up lifting the hero and transforming them into a tyrant. And we have to bring these into ourselves. We Superman is an ideal. He's not your parent. He's something that you can look up to. He's not something that you wish could be there in case, you know, to keep you from having to do the work that you need to do in your own life. So, to that end, I'd say like, don't make your democratically elected official a hero figure <laughs> and they're there to do a job and not perform miracles for you. You need to perform miracles in your own life, which is why you need to be the hero of your own story. And this is why we look up the heroes because we are the heroes of our own story and we need to find out what that means and by finding out what that means we read history we read literature we we imagine we daydream we create heroes we do this constantly because we are the heroes and we need to know what that means and so to do that we need to examine heroes and not just call them racist because they have you know certain pigments of skin color and so yeah that, that's pretty much my position. I think here. what
0: I'd like to mention uh, just further to that note, like I agree with what you say there and um, I'm going to try not to step on, on your toes and say the same thing twice, but I think what's really important to me that stands out is also that we don't take for granted that the decisions or ideas of what we believe are good are just... N- They are just so just because we believe them. I think all of our ideas deserve scrutiny, not just the ones you don't like so you can pick them apart and criticize them. We should be criticizing our own ideas of heroism and the people we look up to and we should honestly and objectively, not subjectively, but objectively analyze deeds and see Mm -hmm. even the good ones have consequences and effects that are unintended or collateral damage. and. Things like if you save some money for your tax base by selling weapons to Saudi Arabia, if they then, you know, invade uh, Yemen and commit atrocities there, like you're participant to that. The the tax money you saved directly was a result of receiving income from a government that then perpetrated atrocities. Mm -hmm. So the extension also matters, even though the good deed of sparing your your own citizens' money is there. The well intentioned deed of uh, a tax relief or relieving a burden is there. The harm it can cause just by extension down the road to something completely irrelevant and unrelated to the thing that you 're doing the deed the good deed uh, that you 're committing. I think it 's just really important to consider, not to say we 're all at fault and we should all feel guilty constantly and I'm, not to say that you know we should all be apologists and you know forgive terrorists for committing acts of terror, but realizing that terrorists are human beings. Who have gone through shit and who have endured, um, that affects the way that you then respond and deal with those situations more coherently. And I think mm-hmm. in talking about heroes, we could probably do a follow up episode
1: on, on evil. Or yeah, we could, because villain you know, heroes are prevalent too. Well, villainry. there are, I would definitely think, I used to say, well, you know, there's no such thing as evil and just like, and I have a lot of, well, some of my students definitely say stuff like, well, you know, it's just someone's perspective. And I'm like, dude, we're talking about like the Confederacy here. I'm pretty satisfied by calling them like not good <laughs> or uh, when I'll be t- what was I talking about recently? Uh, uh, I think... um I was talking about the Germans in World War II and I was like, I'm pretty, I, I, I'm pretty happy saying that they were villains. But um, it's important to remember comfy. that even
0: people who supported the Nazi party didn't necessarily support the concentration camps and, you know, killing mentally challenged people or gay people or like, it doesn't no. mean that they agreed with everything. It was just, well, I'll get shot if I don't agree with them. I might as well passively agree with them because, you know, they're out for my best interest and the good of the nation, which I also believe in. Like people can take parts. It's not a right and wrong dichotomy type of thing. It's actually a spectrum. No.
1: And I think one thing about heroism is that a lot of these things that we're talking about are very high minded things, but Heroism can show up, like I said, in like you're being a hero in your life by speaking well, up. Well, speaking up, but like even more mundane, like stuff that's going to happen every day. You open a business, like you start a factory. Well, bad things are going to happen from that factory. Well, like what? Well, you're going to, you're taking people and you're making them work eight hours a day. Well, There's pollution and, well, yeah, but at the same time, you're providing things to people. Um, and so, no matter what you do, even if it is like, you know, open a carbon capture thing, well, people are going to be like, oh, I don't like this. So, you're going to make somebody mad no matter what you do in your life. And so, you have to think about it and say, is this the right action I should be taking? You have to make a decision. If you're trying to please everybody, if you're trying to make not to make any enemies, well, you are going to end up not doing anything with your life ever. So you have to be sure that what you're doing is right. And this is why we need to sit down and think about our actions. You take your time, you know, just like in Star Trek when he's got to like, I need to think about this and he'll take a like day to be like him, him and all over stuff. And he'll end up making a decision and everyone will talk about it, which is why the show was great because it places them in situations where they are going to have to piss off a couple people, but they have to figure out what the right thing is to do, not the thing that'll make people happy. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think what's most important is you need to figure out if you want to be the hero, what the right thing to do is. And I can't tell you what that is. You need to figure that out for yourself. (laughs) And it's
0: important to acknowledge that down the road after you've made a decision, you might be wrong. And given that you made the decision with the best you could at the time, that should be comfort enough to be able to admit with humility that you made a mistake and try and fix it. So Mm. there's also this tendency of believing that once you've committed to an idea because you've spent so much time and energy thinking about it, that you double down at every front like Trump supporters did in the light of all evidence, you know? (laughs) In the light of yeah. the courts, like recommending all of his lawyers, all seven or nine of them, be dead yeah, the because the of Democrats their.
1: Democrats weren't much better. I'm looking at Kamala Harris and her like. No, but it's not a treatment of effect. Californian.
0: But like, the idea is they're doubling down, even in the light of new information that completely disregards everything that they they bought into originally five years ago. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's the point. The point is even though you have good intentions and you really thought hard and you really tried to be the hero, it's still possible you're the villain. And being able to admit that and acknowledge it in light of new information down the road is heroic. Mm -hmm. It it takes a lot of balls and not I don't want to be sexist about this, I'll say. It takes a lot of courage, like pluck and determination and grit and integrity to admit when you're wrong
1: and it's caused hurt. You can't have science without that. And I like everyone talks about politics and I think we give politics too much importance in our society because it's just this soap opera, but the, and everyone's looking to the government too much. That's just my opinion. But like we can't have science without someone saying, oh, I was wrong. We can't have science with saying like, ah, that experiment. Well, I guess that shows that my theory gets thrown out the window and it sucks because uh, 10 years in a wastebasket. Now it'll work on something new. but And it's hard. Um, but you have to... And I think the other thing of that is like, we have these spheres where you have to, and a lot of times in business, you have to say, okay, we're changing tack. I was wrong. Let's move forward. And you know, the ability to be versatile and then science, you have to be versatile like that. In school, you have to be versatile like that. Cause you go into school and you're dumb in your first year. But the other part of that 14 is 14 years in my case. <laughs> yeah. The other part of that is that just because you could be the villain doesn't mean like, and everyone says that like it's some deep fucking bullshit. Oops. I swore. (laughs) You can see, I I have feelings about this. Um, Maybe beep that out. Um, I'll try to remember where you go in and you say, well, if, how do we, we can't know if we're doing right or wrong. Well, a lot of it is you, that shouldn't stop you from trying to do good. And I guess like, you have to figure out whether or not you're hurting people or you're helping people. And I guess this goes down to our activism episode where, you know, if the means justify the ends, you're probably the villain. <laughs> and so if, if the, um, sorry, the, if the ends justify the means, uh, you're probably the villain. Cause like, if it doesn't matter, like if the ends are, say, um, have everybody
0: fed but the means are to take over the means of production and like, yeah be a it's totalitarian so if, about if it.
1: you're willing to do anything to get what you want it's probably the villain cuz a hero is someone that can not compromise but make everyone happy uh, along the way not make everyone happy but like make it so that everyone benefits at least and that doesn't mean everyone's happy but that means that you know you make a good deal and Everyone gets something out of it. I buy something and this comes down to economics, I guess again, but if I pay for something, I'm giving them my money. Oh, you're losing your money. Let's say, yeah, but I'm getting a thing that I want in return. And so, this is a good deal. They get my money. So, now they can do more things. I get the food. Now I can eat and you know have that dinner party or whatever I wanted. Everyone's benefiting. This is a good deal. But a bad deal is one where it's just like, well, we need to just we need to we need to do this. So well let's just take all the property of these people and then we'll have enough capital to do this and then we can do this and then we can it's like no, you're if if the ends justify the means and you can't think of a better way to do something, you're probably the villain. So yeah, that's, that's why
0: it's important to constantly reassess. That's all. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> when you're when you're presented with new information, if you're if you're your reaction to it is to dismiss it outright because you've already decided, guaranteed you're wrong. Almost in every case. <laughs> there, there's never a case where um, new information should not be looked at or considered because that's not scientific. Science considers all information, not selective cherry-picked data. Yeah, We've talked about ad nausea before, so uh, anything um, else you wanted to add before we wrap up?
1: No, I think I've said everything. I made my my declarations. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you have, uh, enjoyed it and had something to think about. Uh, tell us in the comments if you've gotten this far, uh, the heroes that you grew up with and how they influenced your life, maybe. See, uh, what kind of heroes you guys followed, how you got to the wonderful places that you've gotten to in your lives. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you guys for watching. You've been listening to Frivolous Gravitas.
0: Christopher Driver is myself and with me, Jordan Roy. Uh, Have a good one. See ya.